Hey, this is Eric the Trainer from Maine Monster, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 311 of the Thunder Underground podcast. I'm sad to report that Nick Hexum is not here. Neither is S.A. Martinez or Peanut. You had that ready, dude. I've been waiting to say that for freaking six months. You motherfucker. Because, believe it or not, about two weeks ago, I'm like, oh, 311's coming up. So I, I dug around for their press conference contact. I'm like, what if we get one of them on here for that episode? It'd be amazing. But I couldn't find anything. Oh, so, well. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. I have to figure out some other number that coincides. Maybe right. 622. Yeah. You can have two of them on. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I am happy to report that our guest is Eric the Trainer. And we've got a great, great conversation with him about all kinds of stuff. So. That will be coming up here in just a bit. But first, we got to let you know who we're sponsored by. And that would be Hella Hot Hot Sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area that makes small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check everything out on their website at hellahothotsauce.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well, which is also Hella Hot Hot Sauce. If you're on the West Coast, they sell them in a lot of stores out there. So get on the website to find out where you can buy the stuff. And if you're anywhere else, you can order it right there online as well. We've had some. We've had some of the Florida Franks Florida Heat. And it is hot as hell, but it is flavorful. We definitely need to let you know that if you're sensitive to heat, this might not be for you. But if you like some hot sauce, I promise you, you'll love the hot sauces from Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Check them out online and tell them we sent you. DEB Concerts. A promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They brought a ton of great shows to the downtown Tulsa area. Stuff like Saxon, Last in Line, Sebastian Bach, Warrant, Lita Ford, all kinds of great stuff. They also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. And they've brought some great acts out there as well, such as Ace Freely and Slaughter. And we'll be talking about that once the announcement's made for Rocklahoma this coming September. But until then, we need to let you know that the show we've been talking about for a couple months on April 10th with Queensryche, Lita Ford, The Bullet Boys, and Nita Strauss has, of course, been postponed, like everything else these days. And we got word from Doug to just mention that, hey, he keeps booking shows, but COVID keeps postponing them. So they'll keep trying, and eventually we'll get back to having shows. So follow debconcerts.com. Or get on that website, dbconcerts.com, and follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram so you can be kept up to date on any of these reschedules from that show and any of the previous ones that got postponed as well. And we'll, of course, keep you up to date here as well. Also, we've got Sunset Tattoo, tattoo shop based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Midtown Tulsa. Give them a call or shoot them a message to set up a time that you can get in there to talk to Jake. Or one of his crew members there, one of his other tattoo artists to talk about what work you want to have done. They do great work. We know people personally that have had work done. And in fact, maybe here in an episode or two, you might get to hear from one of us about about that. You never know. You never know. But until then, get on Sunset Tattoo Tulsa Facebook page or at Sunset Tattoo on Instagram. You can see all the pictures of all their work. It's great. They do great work. Check out Sunset Tattoo Tulsa and tell them that we sent you. 
And finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 is Tari 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. All their selection, which is pretty large, is available to see right on yeah. leafly.com. <clears throat> if you shoot them a message via email or text or give them a call, you can place your order ahead of time. Then all you have to do is drive right through their drive through quick and easy. They also have specials that they're always running on their social medias, so follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram is MedFarmOK, their website's MedFarmOK.com, and if you mention Thunder Underground, they give you 10% off your first order, which is great, and what is really great is 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Can't stress that enough that that's a great reason to get over there to support them, because they're supporting animals that need help. Definitely worth your, your drive, because we know there's dispensaries all over the place, so there's a good reason to choose Med Farm. So get over there and tell them you heard about them here. All right, before we get into this uh, talk with Eric the trainer and everything he's got going on, let's play some music. This is something that We've never said before, but I'm very happy to say we're going to play something by the Black Crows. That's great. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's an honor. I know. We've, uh, you've mentioned before, I know we've talked about it before, we've always kept the, you know, podcast, the regulation on what you can play and can't play is still right. kind of in a gray area, which soon enough will be, oh yeah, not be the case. Soon enough, there will be restrictions, all kinds of shit. But, but in the meantime, as... I think you said there was an episode of Joss's podcast where he was one of whoever he had on said it's kind of like the wild, wild west, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was pro his, his producer guy one time was oh, like, okay. it's a wild, wild west. You can play anything uh, right now and it's not really going to, you know, yeah, there's not going to be too many repercussions, which is great. And that's fine. And I have no problem with people doing it, but I, I, I do like the fact that, you know, if it's something, on a grand scale, a national band, a big act, um, that we, you know, we have the blessing of the band or the, you know, PR company or the label or whatever it is. Right. You know, I, I like that we, we wait for that. I'm kind of, that's a point of pride. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, that's why we're playing this brand new track from the Black Crows. When I say brand new, brand new released, it's actually over 30 years old. It wasn't a B-side. It was technically, they said, recently unearthed, which could be true, but it's probably not. Just unreleased. Right. <laughs> it's a track called Charming Mess, and they released it here just a couple weeks ago. So let's check this out. Here's the Black Crows with Charming Mess.
you go. Charming Mess from the Black Crows. That was actually a leftover track from, a, I'm sure, the Shake Your Money Maker sessions. Didn't make the cut. Wasn't a B-side. It was recently released for the first time here about two weeks ago. And it'll be officially released on the upcoming 30th anniversary of Shake Your Money Maker, which will be out on February 22nd. And this is one of those massive box sets. If you get the vinyl, it's going to include four vinyls. Jeez. If you get the CDs, it's three CDs. It's got, I looked at the list of stuff on it. Of course, it's got the full album remastered. Then it's got tons of outtakes and demos of all the songs from the album, B-sides, stuff like this that was unreleased. It's got a full concert from 1990. I was about to say, I'm sure it has a, a live show. Yeah, it's the Black Crows, so you know it's got to. Yeah. And... So all that great stuff. And I mean, this is a, this is a testament that this song is 31 years old now, technically, or whatever they recorded 89 or 90. And it wasn't even a B side, but this song is better than most bands freaking singles. Right. And well, it's because the black crows don't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what album it's from. They're just one of those. I mean, I know I'm a fanboy, but they're just one of those bands that constantly puts out great content, whether it's, a massive single or not, you know? Oh, yeah. So, are, are, well, have you, already, have you got the single pre-order? I have not. Oh, okay. I figured you would. I'm thinking about it, but I don't... I didn't even look at the price tag on that vinyl Oh, okay. Deal. I see. I can tell you this, if it was... It's going to be up there. We know that. If it was the second album... Oh, yeah. Southern Harmony, I yeah. would have pre-ordered it. Yeah. Like, if they do something like that with that... That album's a fucking masterpiece, yeah. dude. And, I mean, I love Shake Your Money Maker, but... I usually, when I'm listening to him, I go to the second, third, fourth album, you yeah. know, usually. So I'll say random side note, Steve Gorman's book is great. That's related to the Shake Your Money Maker era. But hey, Black Crow's 30th anniversary tour was supposed to happen in 2020. But just like everybody else's anniversary tour and tours in general, didn't happen. Right. It's rescheduled for this year. And if that doesn't happen, it'll probably happen in on a 32nd anniversary next year. Who knows? I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll be 22. Yeah. So we'll see here in the coming months what happens with all those tours like that, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about some, some vinyl, in a sense, because recently we hung out and just listened to some vinyl, and I know you do it all the time on your own. I do it right. myself. Exactly. And it's kind of... It was, you know, kind of a thing. You got a cassette and a vinyl, and you sent a picture, and you're like, hey, why don't you just come over, and let's just hang out and listen to this. Right. What was it? Oh, it started when I told you that I got uh, Adrenalize from Def Leppard on cassette really cheap. Right. And you're like, fuck, I I need to come over and hear this. So I was like, well, there you go. (laughs) And then what what was, uh, so we were like, okay, each do a vinyl and a cassette, and then there you go. Yeah. And that's what we did. And fuck me, I can't even remember what vinyl I picked. Deep Purple. Oh, that! Oh, that's right. That's in which was where we got into the deep purple. Yeah. See, this is where my memory is just <laughs> shot. Um, well, you, well, you said you had that, and the Def Leppard went in. So, come over and check it out. And I'm like, why don't I bring one? We just make a little. There you go. Little evening of it. it, and- it, it it's like kind of like I said the 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 first inaugural uh, Thunder Underground Vinyl Club meeting. There you go. Which you know, uh, you know, our friend Michael Davis uh, suggested we do a long ass time ago. And then COVID hit. It was even before COVID. It was just like schedules were crazy. Yeah, I know it was know. in 2019. And yeah, we had, we actually had 
chat, you know, direct message discussions with him and and Jason Carroll, the four of us going to do this. Right. And then it just didn't ever work out. And then, of course, like you said, COVID COVID hit. hit And, you know, I'll hang out with you. You know, you're part of my small circle because we've always, you know, pretty much been around each other. So, you know, I, I think we there's that trust, you know, that we know. Uh, you know, and we don't get stupid about it. So I, I call it, that was the first one. So hopefully after COVID, they will expand. That would be great. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, you had a Dio and dust. Yeah. Because I was trying to think we didn't have any kind of theme or anything, but since we're dorks, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a theme and I thought, well, I guess the easiest thing would be that yours both randomly happen to start with the same letter. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll just bring a cassette and a vinyl that starts with a D as well. Exactly. So there you go. I, I had just gotten a Deep Purple record. It was like a live... Made in Europe. Made in Europe. And it was only like six, seven songs. And it was, you know, the Mop 2 uh, lineup. Um, and if you don't know what that is, uh, go look it up. You already... You should know what that is if you're listening. Um, so... Yeah. And, and so then you would know that Six or seven songs from the Mach 2 lineup is enough to fill up a concert. Yeah, yeah, that's probably <laughs> four hours. So, anyways, no. uh, so yeah, we just you know we kind of and I like I told you uh, I've been on a big deep purple kick. Anyways, you know um, I really really enjoy the Perfect Strangers album. Uh, I listened to Machine Head, In Rock, uh, Whoosh. I went yeah went crazy. I listened to Burn the other day. Yeah. And then you brought over Dust, which was an old, like, you know, they call it, what, what's the fucking word they call it? Like a, a proto-metal kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, it came and, out in 1972. Right. And it's... Uh, so metal was around. Yes. Because of Sabbath and by that point. but And these guys definitely have metal tendencies, but they also have a lot of, like, progressive and yeah. even, you know, folk. We yeah, were kind of talking totally. about at times tendencies as well. Totally. And the drummer is Mark Bell, who later became Marky Ramone. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was an interesting listen. Yeah. I had, and you know, funny, I had actually got it from a friend like several years ago. He was selling a lot of his records, so I just kind of looked through them all. And I didn't know anything about that band at that point. And I just literally got it based off the album cover. Yeah. I'm like, this is from 1972, and it looks like it could be Viking metal from Finland right Right now from 2020, oh, yeah. this album yeah. cover. So I'm thinking, I got to get this and just find out what it's all about. And it lived up to, it's one of those ones where it lived up to yeah. that choice. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and another thing, you know, in the vinyl, you know, since we're talking about vinyl, uh, we've been friends since the first grade, but we recently became Discogs friends. <laughs> As of like... <laughs> Just a few days ago, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, because we're so behind the times on that, um, I just want to say right now, all the Streisand is not me; it's my girlfriend. <laughs> I just put, I just put everything in there in the collection. Oh, so I think I have more Streisand albums than anything. Do you, you or her? I guess have I forgot what it's called, but the Streisand Chris Chris or the Star is Born. No, huh? you have that? I have it but on I vinyl. do have the record she did with Barry Gibb. Oh, okay, I didn't even remember that or know about that. Oh yeah, yeah, they're on the cover together, and he sings on like two or three songs. And okay, um, but but you know uh, she loves Streisand, so yeah. that's all her. I, I promise <laughs> you. Well, speaking of Discogs, 
you know, we recently became friends because I, I've had the thing downloaded on my phone yeah, for like we've been two and a half about, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been meaning for two and a half years to put stuff in. And I'd, I'd put in like 10 of my albums over the past two and a half years. Yeah. And then so I kept putting it off. And finally, this past week, one night, I just started doing it. And it took me between two days, it took me about five and a half hours total. Yeah. yeah. I think to do it. Because, you know, it's some of them, it's easy. There's like one vinyl release. Yeah. But especially if you get in stuff from the past 20 years, there's like a million fucking choices to choose yes. from. And then, then it gets real detailed. Like, is this the Terry hot pressing or is this the yes. Indianapolis pressing? Like I, that, I didn't get, I didn't look into that, but I just see, made sure it's from I, the U S or like whatever it. country. It's you know from what? If it's U S fuck it, I just yeah. do it. I, I don't Same get, and, and I, but I didn't get, I didn't have that problem because I started cataloging pretty early. Yeah, uh, my collection. So as I went there, I know there's a few that I'm missing that I never put in there that I discover every now and then, and I need to yeah. really just go but go back through and double check. But I will one day. Yeah, but for the most part, it's all there. Well, when I was doing this, I came across that a Star Is Born vinyl, and I thought of Melissa. Right, right. Like, She's probably already got this. Hey, no, that's I got what one we don't have. <laughs> so I will have to look out for that one for sure. But I discovered in my cataloging, I have 30 ACDC vinyls. Yeah, man, I have two. And, and that's that, that's including 7-inch. But there's probably right. 10, probably roughly 10 7-inch, and then the rest are the four. I have, I need to look, I'm missing like two or three of their albums on really? vinyl. And that's all thanks to Travis Davis. Right, right. Because I bought all this off him a couple yeah, two or three years ago. One hole, yeah. Yeah. And the second thing I have the most of, I believe, is Elvis. Nice. Thanks to my mother. Yes. Because I've got a stack of albums that were hers when she was young. And I think there's 18 or so Wow. Elvis releases. And I know they're from when she was young because there are several of them. She wrote her name on the back and yeah. it had her maiden name from before she was even married. Oh, wow. To That's my dad. great. That's great. <laughs> so it was when she was a teenager, so. Anyway, I had to give her crap for, there was one of those Elvis albums that on the high end was going for 150 bucks, but she drew a, she drew a lipstick kiss on his cheek. So I uh, guess it's not going to no. fetch that much. I, I, I hope you <laughs> let her know that that was probably the wrong thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess when you're a young girl, you know, things like you don't think ahead to those years. What if my 43 year old son wants to right. sell this thing? one <laughs> Right. <day?"> <laughs> but besides that, I've. You know, besides what we listened to that night and going through the catalog and the stuff, I listened to two su- albums by the Supremes. Nice. <laughs> During my time cataloging, I listened. Oh, and the other one I wanted to point out was I listened to the only Sammy Hagar album I own on vinyl is the self-titled. It came out in 1987. Came out between 5150 and OU812. Okay. You know, the one that has... Give to Live and the Eagles Fly on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen plays bass on it. Okay. And I'd heard that a long time ago and it just always kind of thought it was odd. I'm like, why didn't he get Michael Anthony to do it? But anyway, who knows? It's cool that Eddie's yeah. doing it, but it's, I had forgot that that album came out between the two Van Halen albums until like not that long ago. I just read something that someone was talking about online. Yeah. And, so I listened to it and it really does 
even though it's all Sammy on guitar. Yeah. It really does sound like... Has that vibe? Yeah, it fits perfectly between those two albums. Mm-hmm. So... Right. Something worth checking out if you're a Van Halen fan and haven't ever really delved into that solo stuff, you know. I have... Uh, what's the... The Standing Hampton? Yeah. I have that. What's the one that's just a big pair of lips? I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. I have that, too. Yeah. So, that, that was... Uh, um. That was a couple of uh, records my ex had, and I just, you know, <laughs> made sure those, <laughs> they made it, made the trip with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so I guess for the, the second meeting of the, the vinyl club, we'll have to pull out some, some Streisand or what? I mean, I don't know. What's the, what's the <laughs> theme going to be, you know? Artists to start with an S and are female, so. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Carly Simon and Barbara Streisand, there's your choice. <laughs> it's happening, I guess. Fuck it. <laughs> well, in the meantime, before we do that, we can tell you that Eric the Trainer's here. We've got some good lengthy interview here with him talking about his band, Main Monster, and of course about all his celebrity fitness enterprise, I guess would be a word. Because this is the guy kind of like, anytime you're reading an interview with someone or reading about a movie or something or like so-and-so insert actor or actress's name lost 50 pounds for this role or got in shape for this role, did this or that, you know, for this fighting role, that kind of thing. Nine times out of 10, this is the guy they probably went to. And he talks in here about, you know, some recent shows and movies that he helped some actors and actresses on. And, but of course he's here because He's part of a band now called Main Monster. It's kind of a super group of sorts because it's him with some members of other various acts. We've got Michael Kroger, the bass player from Nickelback, plays bass on this thing. We've got the drummer from Air Supply on here. That's a that's varied as yeah. hell. Yeah. And then we've got guest spots from John Oates of Hall and & Oates and Arnell from Journey. He sings on the song I'm Yours with with Eric, and actually the, that was the first single they released, and the proceeds from that were going to Feeding America. But the full album should be coming this year, so be on the lookout for that. Eric's got a ton of stuff going on, like he's got this show he's been doing long before the COVID pandemic called Celebrity Sweat, where he interviews a lot of celebrities about you know their fitness habits and that kind of stuff. Right. EricTheTrainer.com, where you can find out everything he's got going on. But let's get into this and hear what he's got to say. in this year that you would be doing interviews for your music project at this point in 2020 or is this a kind of a direct response to the pandemic or was this something you already had planned all along uh this is nothing i had planned okay. trust me this was as big of a surprise as you could ever imagine like once the pandemic hit and you had did you have more time on your hands and you thought now's a good time to make this happen 
Yeah, you know, um, we had a stay-at-home order here in Los Angeles, and uh, I'm a guy that spends every single day in the gym working out with clients and getting them ready for TV shows and movies, getting them ready to go on tour all over the world. But, you know, I couldn't be in the gym, and it was, it was a brand-new feeling for me as an adult. I've, sp- I've spent my entire working life in the gym, but suddenly we were all at home. And so, you know, I did teach some classes online, and that was a lot of fun, but I had a lot of extra time, and in that extra time, I actually started writing some songs, which would later become the songs from Main Monster. And so uh, I, I was very inspired because at the time I was engaged, I'm now married, to my beautiful wife, Alicia, but I was, I was very wound up and inspired by her. She's kind of my muse. And I wrote a bunch of songs and those songs after the stay at home order was lifted, I went into the studio in Hollywood with a producer known as wolves. He's amazing. He's an Israeli producer and a super smart guy. And, uh, we started recording the music and it sounded really cool. And then I told a bunch of my celebrity friends and clients, Hey, I'm doing this. And they were like, count me in. So the next thing you know, we had Mike from Nickelback playing bass. We had Yerk, formerly from Lifehouse, playing guitar. We had Aviv, formerly from Air Supply, playing drums. And, uh, and then I spoke to Arnell, who's the singer from Journey, and he's like, hey, when, when are we going to collaborate? And so Girl Like You, which is our new single, that's Arnell singing on the chorus with me. And that guy's voice is amazing. It's a giant voice that can fill a stadium. I love it when he sings. Yeah. Like the core group you just mentioned of like Michael Kroger and everybody, is that kind of the the group for all the music or is every track a different lineup? Yeah, yeah. That's that the core group for this for the main monster project, uh Main Monsters is the name of the band, is Mike on drums, Aviv I'm sorry, Mike on bass, Aviv on drums, Yerg on guitar. Uh, I write the songs and I sing and then we collaborate with other great musicians. And uh, it's just so much fun, man. I'm living my dream. Remember, I grew up on a farm in Maine, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so to have the chance to play with some of the greatest musicians I've ever known in my life, who literally, it's the soundtrack of my life, of my life listening to them, it's, it's been just incredible. I feel so lucky. Well, you mentioned the writing and everything. And that was kind of one of my questions. If you, did you, if you wrote everything yourself or if you had any help co-writing any of this? No, no, I really, I wrote everything myself, and uh, it all came from a very organic place of inspiration and motivation, and, uh, you know, at times of crisis, just in general, I think people need to step up and help others out, and so whether I'm teaching a fitness class online to a couple hundred people that are stuck at home, or whether I write a song in my underwear that later becomes a main monster track that people listen to and it gets, it gets stuck in their heads because it's catchy and it makes them feel happy. Anything I can do to help people out, I am committed to making that happen. Well, with the recording, like once you guys were able to start recording, did you do a lot of like remote work with the other guys? I assume everybody's not in the same area as you. Yeah, well, uh, luckily, uh, I'm, I'm here in Los Angeles. So I went into the studio and put, laid down my parts separately. Mike, who's not far from the studio, Mike from Nickelback, you know, Nickelback's a Canadian band and all those guys in Nickelback live up in Canada, except for Mike. Mike lives here in Los Angeles. He and I are pals. So he went into the studio. He laid down his bass line. Uh, Aviv played the drums. You know, uh, Yerg actually, I think, sent his guitar parts in remotely. And then, of course, Arnell is over in the, in the Philippines with his family. So he was able to get the track via email, record his part, and send it back. 
So it, it just shows you that in the modern age, technology can bring the world together to celebrate and rally around a song uh, and create some great music. I love it. Yeah, you've seen a lot of great collaborations during this time period, you know, this pandemic era. Oh, yeah, man. And I think that it, it shows that the power of artistry is still alive. It shows that people who are creative are still creating. And uh, I, I, I maintain that in times of crisis, we turn towards the artists themselves to, to be motivated. And, uh, and so I'd like to be one of those guys that helps motivate people to keep a smile on their face and maintain hope in these dark times. Yeah. I read that John Oates is also involved on one of the tracks. Like, how did that come about? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, John Oates and I have been pals ever since he was on my he was a guest on my show, Celebrity Sweat. I've been hosting a TV show for the past five years, and your your listeners can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's called Celebrity Sweat. It's a behind the scenes look at athletes and celebrities and their lifestyles. And our goal with, with that show was just to motivate and inspire people to live healthier lives and to, to, to feel closer to their favorite celebrity. So John Oates was a guest on my show then. And we've been friends ever since. He's a phenomenal guy. And literally, if you want to know the soundtrack to my life, uh, when I was a 12-year-old kid living in Maine, it was all Hall and & Oates and Def Leppard. So <laughs> those, two, uh, those, two, those two musical sources sort of create the guy that you're talking to today. Well, that yeah, was kind of my next question is like, what, what are your favorite genres of music? Is it something similar to what Maine Monster's doing? Yeah, man. I, I love rock music and I love catchy catchy music so it should be almost a, a, a hybrid between pop and rock music where there's where it sort of gets stuck in your head and it, it makes you dance it has sort of a summer vibe and uh and you can sing along to it but it definitely rocks and i can tell you that when i originally wrote these songs i don't know if you if you heard our first single called i'm yours yes um but if you listen to i'm yours if you listen to girl like you these are songs that i wrote on the acoustic guitar originally and I imagined how they would sound in a stadium, you know, just really loud, rocking hard. And so to have the opportunity to play with musicians that can really make that track come alive, it's been a dream come true for me. And it's really exciting to see those songs take on a life of their own. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was actually, I was actually at a store, which is funny because, you know, I, I don't go to stores that much anymore because of the pandemic. I order a lot on Amazon like everyone else. But I was at a store and a guy came up to me and he goes, hey, Eric, I heard your new song, Girl Like You, and it's in my head right now. And I, you know, when, when a stranger approaches you and says that to you, you know that you, you must have done a good job because uh, they have a smile on their face. They're not mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the old adage of if, if you write a great acoustic song, if a if song's great acoustic, it's going to be great, you know, whenever it's plugged in and everything else is added to it. Oh, yeah. And, you know... I grew up in the I grew up in the '80s, and so I wanted the songs to have a little bit of a retro '80s vibe, uh, because that's my favorite era of music. And I think if you listen to "I'm Yours" or "Girl Like You," you can kind of hear that celebratory, unapologetic, really catchy '80s vibe. And that's what I was going for. Are you guys just kind of releasing singles throughout this, or is this leading to like an EP or an album or anything? You know, my plan is to release a series of singles. And then at some point put out a full, uh, a full record that would have all the singles plus more tracks on them. And uh, it's, been, it's been great, man. It's been a really fun thing. Uh, it's been a great project. And, and like I said, during these times that are so politically unstable 
and uh, with the pandemic and the economy and, and politics, as, as all of us know, there's a lot of anxiety that sort of, you can almost feel it in the air. And so anything I can do as a personal trainer to help p- people relieve that stress through exercise or as, or as a weekend musician to uh, write a song that sort of stays in their head and that makes them smile, man, I am committed to help. Kind of speaking to that, like on your on your personal end, like, has there been anything that you've been listening to this year specifically during the pandemic that's kind of helped push you? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm a guy that loves a catchy song. Um, and so besides listening to, you know, serious radio, 80s and 90s and, you know, hearing all of my favorite songs from from the past couple, you know, couple decades, I've been listening to a band called the 1975 that I like a lot. Have you heard of those guys? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, and I think their uh, I think their first record the, with the black cover, which I think is just called the 1975. I think it's phenomenal, and I really I really like it. I know they've released maybe two or three records since then, but when you go back to that first black record that they put out that has the song "Hard Out" in it, it's re- and chocolate. It's a really really solid, celebratory, great great bunch of songs. It almost reminds me of a modern day in excess, another band that I really like. Yeah. I guess in a, a similar question, but on a, a bigger scale of like your whole life, is there certain music? Is it still the, the same thing like the eighties and nineties music that you use cause, to motivate you when you're working out, you know, cause everybody has their style of go-to music for workout. Yeah, man. I mean, I have my own gym here in Hollywood. It's called the ETT Mecca. It's a private gym, so it's not open to the public and tons of actors and musicians that you know work out there. And uh, we have serious radio there. So we, con- we constantly uh, have, you know, 80s and 90s on. And then also I have a, I have a lot of young trainers that work for me there, and they, they put on, you know, more hip-hop. They put on more, um, you know, dance, and they, they like BPM and stuff like that. So the, the music is a little eclectic. It sort of goes back and forth. When I'm there, they know that it's going to be 80s and 90s. When I'm not there, I know it's a lot more hip hop and dance, but music plays a huge part in fitness because when you hear songs that you like, it actually releases serotonin, it makes you feel happy, it makes you comfortable, and it allows you to really focus on the workout. I've been a trainer for almost 30 years, and when you really boil it down, it comes down to a cool pair of sneakers, a great t-shirt, and whatever's playing on the radio. So music's important to me. It literally becomes a soundtrack to my life. And if I stay in the gym for 12 hours or eight hours training people, then that music really becomes what, what, what sort of dictates my mood in my life. So I, it has to be good stuff. It has to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's a song you love, you know, that, that three or four or five minutes, you know, flies by that much quicker too. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have had opportunities in the past where we look around and suddenly there are three or four Broadway stars that are in the gym working out at the same time, just coincidentally. So we'll switch it over to the Broadway station and they'll be playing a song I've never heard before, but suddenly these guys will be belting it out. You know, <laughs> I have a Gumby cat in mind. Her name is Jenny. Any you know, it's from cats or something. And it's really funny to see people, different people's reactions to different types of music based on what they're into and what their background is. But music is one of those beautiful art forms that brings us all together and joins us and we can rally around. And although you know, I'm not so crazy about the, the latest wave of music to come out of the industry because I feel like it doesn't really have any soul. A lot of it's not that catchy to me, and I don't really, I don't really get it. Luckily, there's 
lots and lots of resources that I have access to where I can listen to some of the best songs from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, um, you know, anytime I want to. Even the 70s station on Sirius XM is excellent. I really like a lot of those songs. Yeah, yeah, same here. One of the bands I worked with in the past was Air Supply. And, you know, you go to an Air Supply concert and every single song is a giant hit that we all know and we all know all the words and the whole audience sings along with it. It's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. Well, you mentioned uh, Celebrity Sweat earlier, and you're, I'm sure you're doing a lot of interviews right now for, for this music project. Is there anybody that you'd like to talk to on Celebrity Sweat that you haven't had on there yet? Um, yeah, you know, there are, there are a lot of musicians that I admire from afar who I think would be perfect for, for that. One of them would be John Mayer. Another one would be John Bon Jovi. He and I have met before, but I think he'd be great to, uh, to collaborate with. Um, there are so many terrific musicians out there that have so much to say and that, that have such great artistry. And, uh, and I love the idea of collaborating with these guys, sending them a song, seeing what they, think, <clears throat> what they think, and finding ways for us to collaborate in the studio and make music that people really like. To me, there's, there's almost no higher calling than to have artistic endeavors where you collaborate with your favorite musical artists of all time. And uh, I've just been really, really lucky. I mean, I've also... You know, we work with all kinds of different bands in the in the gym, you know, from The Strokes to Fall Out Boy <clears throat> to Nickelback. There's all kinds of cool bands we work, we work with. And so it's kind of fun to get a chance to talk to those guys and see what they want to do in collaboration. You think any of those guys that you have talked to throughout the years that you've become friends with or worked with, have, have you learned anything from them that you're using now with your music? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, the Strokes were on Saturday Night Live this past Saturday, and uh, they have such a, an amazing sound as a band. I don't know if your listeners have ever listened to the Strokes or even seen them play live, but as good as they are on, on a record, they are 10 times better live. They're such a great live band. So if anyone's out there, they get a chance to go see the Strokes play live, you've got to check it out. Or they can go online and check out Saturday Night Live from last weekend. But oh yeah, when you think about bands, when you think about bands that uh, that that we've worked with, whether it's Fall Out Boy or the guys from Nickelback or The Strokes, or or uh, you know any of those great great artists, Def Leppard, Journey, Tesla, these guys are such great live musicians, such showmen that you know there's always a lot to learn from these guys, and uh, I've admired them my whole life. As far as the the fitness side of thing throughout your career. Like, which celebrities do you think you've trained that you've seen the most dramatic results from? Wow, man, there's been so many celebrities that I've worked with over the years that have gone through huge changes. I mean, uh, I work with the guys from a show called Seal Team, which is on CBS. It's a great show. Right. Uh, I've, I've worked with guys from House of Cards, which was a great show on Netflix. Um, I mean, uh, I've worked with, I mean, I've been in Hollywood for, for 25 years, so I've worked with so many different artists, uh, so many different actors. Actually, I'm working with an actor right now, Chris Noth. He was on Law & Order. He also was on Sex and the City. He played Mr. Big. Right. We're putting him through a big transformation right now for his new show, which is The Equalizer. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's really fun to get a chance to work with these different actors to help them look and feel their best. I even worked on a show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but uh, I work with uh, Vincent Rodriguez III, who's the male lead on the show. He's a super handsome Asian guy who we got into incredible shape. And now that show has run its course. He's on to unbelievably cool new projects. 
and uh, you'll see him. He's almost like an Asian Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's well, great. Well, kind of, I mean, I'm not asking you for you to name any names, but are, are most celebrities that you have dealt with have been open to everything that you've tried to put them through? Or do they expect, has there ever been anybody that's ever expected to go easier on them because they're a celebrity? <laughs> Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a funny question. Um, 99% of all the celebrities that I've worked with over the years have been nothing but absolutely wonderful and fun to work with and professional and super nice. And it's been great. Uh, I mean, I've, I've trained people all over the United States. I've trained in New York City. I've trained people overseas in Budapest, uh, in the Middle East, in, in Asia, in China and Japan. I mean, I've literally been around the world as a fitness professional, uh, Germany, you're all over Europe. And uh, 99% of the time, it's unbelievable. Here's the interesting thing, and this is a little ho Hollywood insight. You know, there are young up-and-coming actors who really want to make their mark on the world, and they're really fun to work with because they're ambitious, and they'll really follow directions in a great way. Um, so they're, they're sort of young and up-and-coming. Then there are huge celebrities, actors that you know very, very well, who are great to work with because they've already proven themselves. And they've really uh, achieved a level of success where not only do they have a lot of confidence, but also they know that someone like me is a professional, and I'm here to help them get even that much better. And they appreciate it, and we have a great relationship. The ones that are the most challenging to work with as a trainer are the ones that are in between being new and being superstars. So those people that are sort of in the middle that are on their way up or maybe they were high before and they're slowly, their star is sinking a little, they can be challenging to work with because they're constantly not happy that they're not new, but they're not happy that they're not giant stars too. So they have a, there's a lot more conflict in that group. But in general, we work with actors that are totally professional, that are hardworking, and that go through physical transformations to make the role that they're playing, whether it's on screen, uh, on television, or in film, the very, very best they can be. Kind of talking about everything that's happened since the pandemic started, you mentioned things closing down and going to less stores. Like outside of the music and your, your fitness work, like how have you spent any personal time during this pandemic? You know, I've, I've been writing a lot. I'm, I'm working on a book about what it's like to have grown up on a farm in Maine uh, okay. where we had pigs and we had sheep. We even had a donkey. And my parents weren't wealthy. They weren't famous. And so it was kind of like I thought to myself when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I thought, how the hell am I going to get out of here? Like, how, how am I going to be able to go into the world and find cool things? So I'm, I'm starting to, to map out a book about my life going from a farm in Maine to New York City, working in Manhattan for a number of years, and then coming out to Hollywood and working out with the uh, Hollywood elite. So I started to, I started to uh, map that out. I also started watching uh, a show on Netflix called Mindhunter. I don't know if you or your listeners have heard of it, but it's a show uh, about the very, very beginning of learning about serial killers. It's called Mindhunter, and I trained the star, Holt McCallany, for that role. Uh, he's a terrific actor that was in Fight Club, and Jack Reacher, and uh, and it was just it was so cool to see your work on screen. Like it's so neat to see uh, the work that we did in the gym now come to fruition on screen. So I've been watching that, and uh, yeah, it's been great, man. It's been great. I actually just moved into a new house with my new wife because we just got married, and uh, we're we're enjoying unpacking all of our boxes, which can be a little bit stressful. But uh, but it's it's neat to put things away and uh, realize that we have new space, and it's. 
L.A. is a really, really cool place to live. And under normal circumstances, it's a very social place. There are always concerts and movie premieres and, and plays, openings of plays, and all kinds of things happening. Just in the last, you know, 10 months has there been a huge damper on those events. But, you know, as the world reopens, hopefully in the next couple months, as the pandemic winds itself down, I'm really looking forward to ramping up both music and fitness back to their normal levels of high intensity and a lot of fun. Do you think once that happens, when things open back up, are you going to be able to as focus as much time on the music as, as you are right now, you think? Well, you know, I, I did the music. I did, I did this main monster project sort of as a grand experiment and the response has been pretty strong. So we've even talked about the thought of playing some shows in Miami and in Los Angeles, in New York and Chicago and, uh, you know, sort of playing like an all-star super group, uh, that could be really, really fun. At the very least, I think that we'll be able to play more music and record more songs without the, uh, without the lockdown going. And ultimately, for me, it's just a lot of fun. You know, I'm, a, I'm not a musician who works as a trainer. I'm a personal trainer in my career, and I play music for fun. So unlike other bands, there's not a lot of pressure on me to try to scrape out a living through music uh, I make a living being a, a personal trainer. So I really have a lot of fun with music and it just feels really good. It feels good to use quote, a different muscle, uh, at the end of the day, uh, to, uh, to write music and create those songs that people hopefully will be singing to themselves and to others. Yeah. A final question for you, kind of a, another fitness question. I've, I kind of use the downtime and the pandemic to get back on track with exercising and eating healthier. And I know yeah. most people, when they don't work out, they use time as an excuse. And, you know, I'm sure you know, as, or you obviously know as much as most people know that a f just a few minutes a day could help anyone. Like, what advice would you give someone that's in that situation of just putting it off? You know, I, I would say this. I would say to your listeners, if you can hear my voice right now and you want to change your life, you, you don't like the way you look and you don't like the way you feel, you want to become healthier, but you don't know how to start I would give this advice, and this is the same advice I give to celebrities. Starting tomorrow morning, wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, use the restroom, and immediately go out for a brisk walk. You only have to walk for between 15 to 25 minutes. I mean, you can go for a 35 or 40-minute walk, but you only need to go for about a 15 or 20-minute walk, brisk walk, to get the metabolism racing, to get the blood flowing, to get the endorphins flowing in your mind so you feel terrific. Then come back, take a shower, and have a healthy breakfast. Now, you might say to me, Eric, what is a healthy breakfast? Well, any meal, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, or even a snack, if you want it to be healthy, it has to have three different elements. It has to have animal-based protein, water-based carbohydrates, and a healthy fat. So a healthy breakfast could be scrambled eggs with a little cheese sprinkled on top, a bowl of mixed berries, and some hot tea or, or hot coffee. Uh, that would be fantastic. Remember that it's important to have animal-based protein, water-based carbohydrates, which are fresh fruits and vegetables. There are starchy carbohydrates like bread, pasta, rice, cereal. We don't want to have that as much. I'd rather have you have water-based carbohydrates that are not starchy, meaning fresh fruits and vegetables. And the darker color, the better. The darker the color. So if you're at the store and you want to have some grapes, if there's some green grapes and some purple grapes, realize the purple grapes are higher in natural antioxidants, which will help you fight against those free radicals that age us all. So have darker colored foods in fruits and vegetables, and you'll notice that you'll look and feel your best. And then healthy fats. 
fat is not bad for you if it's a healthy fat. Olive oil, raw nuts, avocado, these are all terrific. They're so good for you. They're great for your skin. They're great for digestion. And they also, they also make you feel satisfied after a meal. Sometimes if you don't eat a healthy fat with your meal, you're done eating, but you're still a little bit hungry. You're not totally satisfied. Those healthy fats will help a lot. And then the other thing is, you know, even though we've been under lockdown and this pandemic has been looming, there's no rule that says you have to stay up super late. So if you go to bed on the earlier side, it's really nice because it turns out the hours before 10 o'clock, I should say the hours before midnight, meaning if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, those two hours are worth nearly twice as much as the hours after midnight. So the version of you that goes to bed at 10 o'clock and wakes up at 6 or 7 is stronger, healthier, and better looking than the version of you that goes to bed at midnight and wakes up at 8 or 9. So keep that in mind. The hours before midnight are worth almost twice as much if you're asleep than the hours after. How does Try that, those three things. Like how does that work? Or, uh, it has to do with the circadian rhythm. Okay. It has to do with the, 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 the way our bodies release hormones. Yeah. I mean, uh, anyone that's curious about this, try it. If you're someone that usually goes to sleep at 11 or 12, just remember Eric, the trainer says, go to bed earlier, go to bed at nine 30 or 10, like be in bed with the lights off at 10 o'clock. You're going to wake up the next day. You'll have better mental clarity. You'll lose more weight. You'll feel better. All of your bodily systems will be better. It's really something else. I try to encourage my clients to do something every day to break a sweat, whether you go for a brisk walk in the morning, whether you come to the gym and have a good workout with me, whether you follow along with one of our workout programs we have online. I have a great show online called Morning Glory Live. You can actually check it out at morningglorylive.com or you can go to ericthetrainer.com to check it out. And we have people from all over the world that work out with us live Monday through Friday, we have such a great time. It's super fun. And if you miss the hour where we're working out, if you're a member of Morning Glory Live, it's always available on replay. So it's available 24-7. Whatever you need to do to exercise, it's important to exercise every single day. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate all that info, and I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Hey, my pleasure. What part of the country are you in? I'm in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, dude, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I actually uh, have trained the uh, executive chef at the BOK Center right oh, wow. there in Tulsa. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've been, I'm, I've been with bands on tour. We've played the Box Center a million times. You know, they have a cool little gym there. Oh, inside the BOK Center there's a gym? Oh, yes. Nice. There's, a, there's a VIP celebrity backstage incredible gym. I love the Box Center. I think it's great. I was there a couple of years ago with Def Leppard and Journey on tour, and uh, we had a great time. Yeah, I was at that. I was at that show. Oh, you should have come up and said hello. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. There you go, Eric the Trainer. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast. Longtime help she's provided us, and of course, also a shout out to her for. That Black Crows track that we played earlier. Of course. And a massive thank you to Eric the Trainer for talking to us about everything he's got going on with Main Monster. And of course, all his fitness stuff. And so if you're wondering about what to do during a pandemic, fitness-wise, this is a good guy to check out. So ericthetrainer.com to find out about this. And of course, kept up to date on all the stuff with the music that's upcoming. All right, if this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. We mentioned 
Def Leppard and Deep Purple up front. Right. When we were talking about vinyl. And we've actually had a member of both those bands on here. Yes, we have. Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio, who we mentioned. Right. And then <laughs> Glenn Hughes. The voice of rock. Yes. Both have been on this podcast. So of our four selections from that vinyl night, we just need to get, uh, I guess we need to get Mark and Ramon on here. Right. So we can complete that. Yep. <laughs> there you go. But we've also had on members of, man, Tesla, Great White, Guns N' Roses, Shine Down, Seven Dust, Megadeth, Motley Crue, Kiss, long ass list. So just dig through it all at beatthenunderground.com. You can find all our socials on there. So like and follow us everywhere. Wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe there so you don't miss any future episodes. And those future episodes will feature members of Tesla. Brian Wheat will be here very soon. We've also got Austin Moe coming up. We've got Dino from Red Voodoo coming up. And we've got two of the members of Bound by Years coming up. And we might have some other stuff to announce soon. So be listening for all that coming up. You can also listen at the website, like I said, and follow us everywhere. And follow us on YouTube at Ethan Underground for a lot of content that's separate from the podcast. All right, once again, a huge thank you to Jody Best, Eric the Trainer, Hell Hot Hot Sauce, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. And And fuck my neighbor's dogs. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.